here for the very first time. Um, is there any visitors here for the very first time? If you would be so kind just to raise your hand. Uh, anybody here for the first time? Let's just give them a warm welcome. You are most welcome. Can we ask you just to keep your hand raised for a moment longer? The ushers would love to give you some information about who we are. There's also uh, a coffee voucher inside at Mikru. Um, and then also, if you look very carefully, you will find a chocolate. But it's like a maze. Um, but please fill in that card if you um, don't mind. It will help us to keep in touch with you. And you can just throw it in the offering baskets. Um, at the door, you'll see these offering baskets. As you leave, you can throw it in there. But you are most welcome. And we trust that you can enjoy the day with us. Dylan has a few announcements for us. Thank you, Andres. And just quickly on that, um, with the coffee voucher, please do not redeem it here at church. You'll see the cups are micro coffee cups, but please redeem it at the coffee shop in town. If you Google that, then you'll find out where it is. Or you can just ask Lisa and Vian. Just quickly, a few things that is happening in and around church that I want to bring under your attention. Um, we have small groups right across Hermanus from Full Clip right through until Fisher Haven. So if you feel like you want to get connected, slotted into a small group, please let us know. We've got John at the back there at the connect table. Please give her your details, your name and number, and I will contact you during this week and we will follow you up and get you slotted in. And also, like I said, before the service started, in the, through that door on your left-hand side is, at this moment, Toddler's Church. And that's only for the first service. So if you are a parent, you have a toddler, please bring them to the first service, and you're more than welcome to join our Toddler's Church. And then also, we have Amplified Youth every Thursday, and that starts at 6 until 8. And we um, just take note there, we have opened it up from grade 7 to grade 12, so our grade 7s are as welcome as well and then very important we've got excited encounter one coming up it is happening this week wednesday we are so excited we really want all of you to be there so for us to just cater for you please um, sign up at the back uh, if you don't sign up it's fine please come we are very excited and expecting to see what god is doing god is taking us deeper into the foundations the fundamentals of our faith salvation holy spirit baptism and it's good for for us as a church to go through that collectively so please sign up and join us this wednesday very excited and then as well, we've got Encounter 4 coming up. That is Encounter, uh, we call it Freedom. Very exciting as well. With the word that we have got this morning, God wants to set us free. Um, there's spiritual bondage as well that can um, be a factor, but God wants to set us free, wants to take us deeper in His word. So we want you to please consider if you have done Encounter 1 and Encounter 3, you're then allowed to join us at Encounter Floor. Please take that in account and also do register for that. And just take note, it's going to be in a duration of two days, the Friday and the Saturday. We are very excited for that. And um, there is offering baskets at the door. And if God lays it on your heart to give, you're more than welcome. Enjoy the service. Awesome. Thank you, Dylan. Just ask the person next to you, what are you thankful for? One thing you are thankful for today. Let's take 15 seconds.
Awesome. Yeah, the Lord has really been touching our times of worship the past few weeks, and we, we want to always allow the Lord to, to touch our idea of the program if He wants to. Um, and so to, with that mentioned, I must hurry up. <laughs> um, you know, once um, I, was, uh, I was preaching as a young pastor, I, I used to preach longer. And then someone said, said to me, you don't need to preach that long. Because there's a saying that says, if you can't preach deep, preach long. <laughs> and so, so I'm going to remember that this morning and try. And try. Um, it's, not, it's not really true. Uh, but um, oh, it's not always true. But uh, um, A heart full of Jesus. I, I actually have more of an idea, a question on my heart this morning that I want to look at from different views and just ask it to us and, and have us put it before our hearts and consider the Lord in the matter. Um, the question that I want to ask, what I want us to ask, and I want to in a way try and look at it through three different answers or points as we go towards the end is, how do I know whether the gospel or the, what Jesus has done for me has really entered deep into my heart? And, and that might be a question that you are pondering because you are new around here. Maybe you're new in the town, but also new around this church or new around church altogether. It's a very good question to ask. How do I know that this Jesus I've been hearing of the last few weeks or in a small group, or maybe this will be for you a uh, first time, how do I know it's really in my heart in a way that it is real? It's a very good question. It's the most important question in your life. But it's not a question that should depart from you if you've been serving the Lord for many years, because what often happens is we, we lose a foot. Not, we lose our footing, all right? That's better put. And so it's, it's good to bring our own hearts before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit just to help us see so that we can realign. That's the one thing that makes the Christian faith extremely effective is it self-corrects its people. There has been tremendous sins committed over the history of the world by non-Christians and Christians. But most of those sins committed, you'll, if you read the Bible, you see the Bible criticizes the behavior of its own people. All right? And so it is with my walk before the Lord. If I keep an open heart before Him, I've got this ability to course correct back in line with His will. And that's amazing. And it's amazing that, that Jesus commits to us on our journey where we fall and stand. He, he doesn't draw near on the weeks we do well and leaves us on our own, departs from us when we are in a time where we fail. All right? He says, I am with you. Even if you are unfaithful, I am faithful. So that means that we can be on this journey knowing that he's here to help us and coach us on the way. We can quickly course correct, bring our hearts to Him. 
Now, what I want to do is I just want to talk about, uh, I, I enjoy doing this. I just want to talk about the gospel a little bit broadly because I'm asking the question, is the gospel deep in my heart? So what is the gospel? It is the truth. It is the news that Jesus Christ lived and died in a way that his life counts for you and his death is in your place. He's our substitute. It's the gospel. And therefore anyone whose faith is in him receives the righteousness of Jesus and he takes your sentence. The gospel. Okay. Now what I want to do is I want to look a little bit at how some people in the Bible responded to it. And then we must ask ourselves, how is the gospel still interacting with our hearts? It's not a one-time thing where we accept the Lord and we never have interaction with the gospel again. Yeah? We go back to his throne to have relationship, communion, to hear from him, his voice, to obey. Sometimes we sin. We're back there in front of his throne, constantly building a relationship with him. Now, let's, let's read here. At one stage, we've got a centurion looking onto the events, or like the summit of the gospel, the moment where Christ would die, just looking at the events. I mean, I don't know where the centurion was the, the last day be, before Jesus got, got crucified, because it was that last day, that still supper, the evening before with the disciples with that communion. But that last day, I, I read through the events two weeks ago, it was quite a rapid day where they started to beat Jesus, mock him, taking his clothes. I don't know if that man was around, but he saw enough towards the end that when he and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, okay, we're not sure how long that and what took place was. Was it the last day, the last hour? But when they saw it, the gospel or what Jesus did, did something to them. Can you see that? It came to them, and it did something to them, and they said, <laughs> truly, this was the Son of God. That's what the gospel did to them. But at the same time, there were still people plotting against Jesus. They saw it, but to them, it did something different. It pushed them away. They hardened. How is your heart interacting with the gospel this morning, the last while? If you're a believer for many years, hey, how are you doing? We go to the next slide. There was, there was quite a few people that saw what transpired. Two of them interest me greatly because they were hanging to the right and to the left of Jesus on the cross. One of the criminals who were hanging mocked Jesus. <laughs> he saw the events of the gospel, the life, some of the life, the words and the works of Jesus towards the end. These guys were prisoners, so I'm not sure they saw much more than what happened as Jesus came to be crucified in that moment because they wouldn't have been free the previous day to see unless they were locked up in similar places. But, I mean, they were there at the summit, in that moment, that precious moment when Jesus gave his life. He was giving his life, his whole life. We must remember that. Everything he did in his life was for our righteousness. 
This was just the peak of a mountain. One guy mocks him. Are oh, you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But that event does something different to the other one. I don't know, um, 10 meters from him? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if... I'm sure somewhere we'll be able to find out how far those crosses were apart. But they were close enough that these two criminals being crucified on the opposite sides of Jesus were able to also interact, obviously with Jesus, but with one another. So they must have been in, in close proximity. Can you imagine that? Uh, the breathing, the pain. They are very aware of what's going on in those moments. And the gospel does something different to the other man. He says, do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And then this man, he, he shows a kind of repentance. He says, we indeed justly, we are receiving the due of our deeds. He is acknowledging he's a sinner. He's even on the cross and he realizes what's happening to me right now. I cannot say I don't deserve this. There's his repentance. It's pushing through. This man has done nothing wrong. So he realizes he's a sinner and he turns to Christ. He says, Jesus, remember me. Now, he did not have Romans 10, okay? So he, he could not say, Jesus, I want to right now confess with my mouth and believe. And no, no, but he's doing all that. He turns to him. If he was not on the cross, he would be on his chest. He said, remember me. He'd be, he'd be holding on to him. It's what he's doing to the best of his ability. What a lesson. Do you sometimes feel that you're, like, you're trying to get to God, but it's just not a... It's all right. Voice it. Tell Lord. It's where this man was. His hands was lifted, but not in worship, okay? His arms was open, but so was the other guy. So sometimes our bodies can do stuff, but our heart can be somewhere else. He comes out of his heart and he says, Lord, I want to be with you. That was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land. When the gospel plays off, when it's being preached to you by a person or by the Holy Spirit, as you are reading or beholding Christians, you are responding in one way or another. But, but it always revokes a response. The, the hearer retreats and says, not now, or the hearer opens up, sometimes in a fast way, sometimes in a slow way. And I'm just thinking, I also mentioned this last time, just this events, there was this man that carried the cross for Jesus. There might be more than one reason, but probably because Jesus was just too broken and beat up because of the hatred of his people. They almost killed him before he got crucified, which would not have sufficed for them. Right? And so... Either they, they thought Jesus would take too long to carry his cross up the hill so he'd be there overnight alive and they don't want that, um, or that had to break his legs. Or they would say, they would be worried that if we force this man to, die, to carry the cross, he might die. 
on the way of exhaustion. So they take a man. But now listen Mark at Mark 15, 21. It says, they compelled the passerby. Oh, timing, Simon. <laughs> Simon of Serene, who was coming in from the country. But, but listen to this interesting part. The father of Alexander and Rufus. Mark is referencing eyewitnesses. He says right there, go and chat to Alexander and Rufus about what happened to their father. You see, the gospel, when it gets told, it impacts people. And I, my assumption is it impacted those two sons because you could go and access them. And, and I think they, they were believers probably because I don't think Mark will be sending people to enemies of the cross. When the gospel gets told, it, it, it falls on hearts. Imagine the story in the home of those people. Alexander and Rufus, this is what happened to me that day. I saw him. I, I smelt his sweat. His blood was on me, that cross. And when the gospel gets told, it moves people. What is it doing to your heart? Now, here's a question. How do I know whether the gospel entered deep into my heart? It is a very important question. It is the question. Let's read one more example, and then I'm going to try and be fast. Peter preaches the gospel, the life and death of Jesus, to a group of people just after the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 2. And he says, this Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of a lawless man. So these people were not dead. They did not see Jesus being crucified, much like us, but it was being told to them. And then the Holy Spirit come and does the same thing as if you were there. Works a miracle. God raised them up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Now when they heard it, okay, when they heard it, the gospel comes. It did something to the people. They were moved. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? Peter goes on. It's not on there. He says, repent, receive the Holy Spirit, be baptized, and they were joined to the church. It's 2,000 years later. What are we sharing at Encounter 1? Repent, receive the Spirit, be baptized, be a part of a church. Message is unchanged. What is the gospel doing to your heart? How do you know that it enters deep? I'm going to give you three clues to help you. Maybe your heart became hard, soften it, open it again. Maybe it's a first-time journey for you. Man, I'm excited for you for what lies ahead. But how do you know? Psalm 42, here's a clue. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I appear before him? What are you seeing? A longing to be with the Lord. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. I can't be long, but God can still speak deeply. How do I know whether the gospel entered deep into my heart? You fall in love with Jesus and you long for him. It is so simple. I want to say it the other way around. 
It is not normal. It is incoherent for a disciple of Jesus to have no love for him. So it's a good way to help you answer that question. It's a very personal question. I'm very direct. Is there a love in your heart for the king? Some of you here are good at being honest with yourself. If this answer is, man, I don't think so. Then I'm glad I'm preaching through this message. Come to him. Let the gospel fall on you the way it fell on the one man that was crucified next to Jesus. So that you can say, I also want to be with you. It's a joke they say. They say everyone wants to go to heaven, but some people just wish Jesus is not there. Have you heard that one? It's, it's a joke, but it rings true because there's many people that moves around churches for, I don't know, for blessings, for stuff, but Jesus is not there for us. You want to know whether the gospel entered deep into your heart? There's a love for Jesus that you will also grow in. Okay, but it registers. It's there. Okay. A heart full of Jesus is a heart in love with Jesus. It's very simple, but it's confronting nonetheless. I'm going to go on. Apostle Paul writes, he says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, now he's going to list his CV. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. What is he saying? He says, he's got most things people in this world, by the help of the media, live for. A prestigious status, being a part of a Pharisee's money, and in a way, he thought he was a good person. Look at me, I'm good, blameless. Most things the world reach for, he's got it. Done. And then he, he takes a very interesting turn. He says, but whatever I had gained or whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. If the gospel goes to work on a heart, the effects is very countercultural. Because you see, the heart has been won by another lover. Everything changes. Everything changes. The same apostle in Colossians 3 verse 5, he says, Put to death therefore what is earthly in you, and he lists a lot of things, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire. What's important to to me this morning is that first part, put to death. The second thing that happens in the life of a heart that's won by the gospel is that you continually change as the gospel effectively 
works transformation in your life. Those who have the gospel in them, they constantly, let's go back to that previous verse, put to death, it is a constant interaction in the heart of the one who is the disciple. If you feel frustrated that, man, you're again, hey, I'm going to, you're again dealing with temptations again, and you thought you dealt with it 10 years ago. you again battling temptations of pornography. Use that example. Let's not pretend it's not there. Okay, it's everywhere. It sounds normal to me that that battle will come again to the porch of your heart. Fight it. Put it to death again. It'll come again in two weeks' time. You want to know whether the gospel has taken a deep root in your life? It's not that these things never come. It's that you never stop fighting. There's a fight in the heart of a person when that heart is won by Christ. And now you're beating pornography, but next week you're fighting with jealousy. <laughs> and then when you've got that down, you're fighting with an inferiority complex and you're before the Lord. And, and, and make a peace with it. Because that's how life will be until he comes back. Because you are on earth and he's in heaven and you're going to go there. And right now the gospel is training you to be a fighter. It works in you. It causes you to be strong. Rather be afraid if you just go. And the temptation comes. You just... If there's a fight in you. When you read the Bible and you see, okay, what I see in the Word indicates this. When I see in my life, indicates that. Don't feel condemned. Fight to bring yourself to what is pleasing to the Lord. How do you know the gospel is in you? There's a fight in you. There's a fight in you. And you are not fighting alone. Amen. And therefore, you continually change as the gospel effectively works transformation in your life. And it never stops. And the last one I want to say this morning, because I want, I want us to pray, is go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things I have commanded many opportunities to live out the Great Commission in our church. Amen. The third thing, how do I know where the gospel entered deep in, into my heart is Jesus, when he in, impacts you deeply, he sends you out to share it in your world. Now, it might look different to how one person lives it out to the other. That's fine. Oh, I just want to read the scripture as well. One more, sorry, Acts 1 verse 8. What happens when God transforms your life? When the Spirit comes in, when the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power when the Spirit has come upon you and you will go out. When the presence of God comes in, you go out. <laughs> in some way. And, and so I want to say it because I, I want it to be challenging to me and to you um, if we can go to that next slide again the deeper jesus impacts your heart the bolder you share it in your world in the same way that it's not normal for a christian to to not have love for jesus right it, it doesn't make sense 
it's not normal for a Christian not to share. But there's a place where we get there somehow. Isn't it odd? It is not normal for someone who has the Spirit to not have an outflow. Now, unfortunately, the problem with a Pentecostal church is people have believed that when the Spirit comes into you, you know what? The most, this is what's going to happen. You're going to speak in tongues. And then it stops. Th that's, not, that's not what Jesus says there. He says, when the Spirit comes in, the disciple goes out. And praying of tongues and all those gifts is, is wind in our sails. It, it projects us into the ministry field. And so, I want us to reflect on the depth in which the gospel is working in us this morning. It's just a question with maybe three areas one can look at to help you. Does that make sense this morning? Take it to your heart. Holy Spirit, we, we want to thank you for coming to us and helping us. And I, I want to repent for myself. And, and if, if this counts for you, join in your heart. That I, I repent for often having you here on my heart, or in our hearts, but not, not flowing out. Not sharing, not, not mentioning, not inviting, not caring. We have the strongest force in the whole world right here in our hearts. How incredible is that? We worship you, Lord. Jesus, and what you have done for us, we marvel. We marvel, Lord. What a shame if we don't take it in. And what a shame if we don't go out. What a shame if we don't fight. When the enemies of our hearts come to knock. Trying to take our purity, our families, our peace. And finds us without a fight in us. Fill us again, Holy Spirit. Let's stand this morning. Let's stand. Let's, let's, just, let's respond. Let's respond to the Lord. I just feel that God wants us to just take a step in church where it's easy to just propel us, give us momentum to do it when it's not that easy. And so what I want to do is if one of these really rings a bell with you and you're like, okay, I, 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 I really want to press in to what God has for me. I want to take the gospel deeper. Then I want you to come out and, and I want a little bit of a prayer pot here in front where people can pray for one another, but don't come just yet. I'll count for us. What I specifically want to ask for is you, if you want to, if you don't know whether the gospel is in your heart at all, then we want to pray with you. I want you just to come here, if, if that's you. Just say, that's me. I want someone to pray with me 
just to open my heart for the Lord. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you feel like you really have to recommit. But if you, if you want to take a step this morning in falling deeper in love with the Lord, upping your fight, and really, this is what, what's ringing true through many of our churches at the moment, a renewed commitment to share the gospel in our worlds, to plant churches, to reach places, to plant small groups in the place, in the school where we work, in the company where we work, to really go out, then I, I want us here to, to go with the momentum. So Lord, help us to respond and to give ourselves wholly and fully to you once again. Send us into the fields, Jesus. You said, pray for the laborers. Here's number one. That's me. But Lord, I pray for more because I don't want to be alone out in the field. But send me out into the world, into my world to, to share, to connect. And Lord, maybe for some of us, we just want to say, Lord, this, it's a clean flamiki van lifter. It's a small flame in my heart. Just fan the flame again in the name of Jesus. If you need to respond, I'm going to count to three. Just make, it, just make it official with the Lord. Take that step. Come out and pray with someone. One, two, three. Let's respond if that's you. Especially um, con uh, committing to step out into the harvest again. Take that step of faith. Thank you for those people that's moving. Take your step in this place where it's easier to take a step of faith. Thank you for those that are responding. Can I get some facilitators in front, some small group leaders? Let's pray with one another, pray with the people. If you want to commit yourself to the work of the Lord, I want to specifically ask you to, to take a step and come to the front so that we can pray for you and anoint you and send you out to do His work. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for your faith. Let's take some time pray together. Awesome. Is there anyone else? I want to put myself in the ministry. I'm bringing myself to the Lord. There where you work, there where you live. You're not going to become a pastor maybe or work full time for the church, but you want to be in the ministry where you are and commit to that again. Quickly come to the front. We had more than a hundred people committing to help with church plants at our conference. And so, as a church, we're going to partner with that. Okay. Is there anyone else? Awesome. What I want you to do, there's no spectators here. While we pray here in front, we're going to pray for one another. I want you to take a seat and just ask the person sitting next to you, what is God laying on your heart this morning? And you are welcome to pray with them. If you, if you don't feel shy, if you know them, you can, you can pray with them. You've got two minutes and I'm going to dismiss you. If you want someone just to pray with you, you really need pray. Just make your way to the front. It's just so that we know about you, okay? If you're alone here and you want someone to pray with you, just have put their hand on you, then we are here. You're welcome to, to come out if someone's not praying for you where you are.